The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. Always, always have a great show. I'm a guest, you know, formerly of the NFL. Nancy Glasgow, you that Nancy? I'm here. I'm here. How you doing, James? How you been? Good to have you on. It's been a while since we spoke. Always a pleasure, James. Always a pleasure. Always good to have you on again. But uh, we haven't spoke since Super Bowl, but it was always good. Great Super Bowl. Uh, didn't go the way we wanted to go, but now we're gonna talk about you know the NFL, uh, free agency, the pickups, and all like that. And, the reason I want you on because um, Seattle, they picked up Jimmy Graham. That is a great pickup, don't you think? Oh, I mean, I, I totally agree with it. I think, you know, they've always done a, a great job of analyzing themselves and uh, figuring out a way to get another piece uh, that's going to assist them in, you know, reaching that championship. Uh, they, they don't squander opportunities with personnel, and they're just, always have done a great job of picking players uh, for the most part that, that have helped them, you know, you know, reach that next plateau. Uh, you know, even some of those players that they, they've had just for a little time and they've had to get rid of, for that time they had them, they were able to accomplish that goal. Yeah, and like you said, it was like, I mean, you know, they, they was great without Jimmy Graham as one player from, you know, I mean, one play away from winning the Super Bowl, but, you know, uh, just to pick up him, you know, and expand that offense, you know, and you ain't going to run Marshall Lynch that much. But, I mean, we look at free agency in the and we look at how teams get players and all like that, and sometimes they don't work out with that team. But this should really work out and help Marshall Lynch out, don't you think? Well, you, you know, it, it's funny. I, I was reading uh an article, and they were just talking about you know people's opinions about you know the the trade, and and one guy was uh, talking about you know how uh, the Seattle Seahawks have been able to uh, do a real good job against Jimmy Graham, and so you know that that was his whole angst, you know. So why are they going after him? I said because that's not the only. I'm saying to myself because that's not the only team that he has to play. And when you look at what he's done to everyone else he's had to face, he's he's been a dominant player. He's been that guy where the defensive coordinator says, we have to do something to stop him. And I said, because Seattle has done a pretty good job of slowing his role, 
when you compare what he's done to the other teams in the National Football League, you know, he he could be he would be in the argument as the best tight end over the last three or four years in the National Football League. So that was my point. I mean, look what he's doing in the in the overall scheme of things. He's making plays. He's he's that type of player that as a defensive coordinator you are definitely aware of and you want to try to, you know, check that box. This is one guy we have to contain if we are to beat the New Orleans Saints. Well, think about it. I mean, you you got Marshall to re-sign. You know, you figure after that football, I mean, the guy, you know, didn't give you the ball, he'll be angry. But he came back to re-sign. I mean, why do you think he did that? Well, you know, I'm not sure if that was ever <clears throat> really something that he wanted to do. Uh, I, I think when when you look at who he is and how he operates, I mean, he's he's always uh, had that beat to his own to his own drum, own excuse me, own drum beat, so to speak. I mean, he's always been kind of different. Uh, you know, some would even say a strange bird. But on that football field, there are times where he has been the most dominant man on that football team. In case in point, on that biggest stage that you can have the Super Bowl, he was the most dominant football player on that field that night. And I think because of that, there was no way, even if he was truly serious about retiring, that he would retire because at that point in time, he knew that he had imposed his will on really one of the finest football teams you know ever the New England Patriots, and, and he had imposed his will on that team that if they had to continue giving him the football, then we would be talking about, you know, wow, Seattle, had they now have two Super Bowl rings. But that didn't occur, and maybe because it didn't occur, you know, he, he just still had that hunger, and he's going to come back. He's going to be Marshawn Lynch. I mean, you know, that's he's kind of hardwired so in such a way that when he steps on that football field, he will be ready to play at a high level. And, you know, nobody's going to know why he is as strong as he is and why he's able to do what he does. But when you look, you know, I mean, I heard about how he works out and stuff, and I think that's all he's doing, really. But you know what? It works for him. And he's, he's one of those anomalies that comes along in a lifetime that he does it his way, but he does it at such a high level you have to say to yourself, leave him alone. That's Marshawn. Leave him alone. Well, and, and, and I mean, you go back to that. I like talking. I didn't get really a chance to talk to you about the ball, but I talked to another gentleman who played in the NFL and they were all New England. There was no way New England had that game. <laughs> you know it, and I know it. Everybody know it. But you look at and say, you know, give him one play. And I always talk to people about the coaches, you know, win games or players, and everybody say coaches. Um, was that a? I mean, was that a coach's mistake? I mean, I mean, we know the call went like that, but I mean, what do you think, man? Well, okay, for for those that truly believe that coaches win games, that you can't have it both ways. If coaches right. win games, coaches can lose games, and I'll just leave it at that. I, I, I totally agree with you because I think the players got to play off there. You execute the players win and lose games. Well, see, my position has always been that even if a coach gives you a bad play, you have to figure out a way to make it work. Mm. You do. Uh, you know, uh, 
Well, how do you make that play in, in work? That situa- hey, hear me out. Hear me out. Though. In that situation, it's even if they had scored a touchdown, there there would have been guys like me that would have said, "I still don't understand why they ran that play." Yeah. So it it it, it was one of those plays that. Uh, they can try to rationalize it any way they want, but you know, at the end of the day, James, football players win football games, right. not coaches. Football players win football games, and that was an opportunity to allow Marshawn Lynch to win that football game. I, I was, I'm the same way with you on that, Ness, because I'm like, you know, <laughs> you put the players and you go through all week of your plays. They don't want to know that field. They win it, they lose it. Yeah. <clears throat> Call that play, but you executing that play. You out there um, uh, making adjustments and all that. So I'm with you on that. Yeah. Uh, and I was with you too. Even if they caught that ball, I'd be like, why would you call that? You know, of all, you yeah. know. Things that can happen, but you know, I'm gonna leave y'all alone. I know that's your team. I don't want to beat them up too much, but uh, we gotta go to my team. I, I have to ask you. I mean, Chip Kelly is just melting that team. You know, I mean, you get rid of Sean LaCoy, um, you get rid of. I mean, um, Jeremy Max is left because of money, but wow, I mean, you're just destroying it. I mean, is there a reason behind that? Man, I mean, your opinion. What do you think? Uh, you know, he's, you know, he'll be considered, uh, a mad scientist until it comes together. I mean, you know, you, you have, uh, pieces in place that, that are solid pieces and, you know, he's chipping away, but at the same time, you know, he, he wants it to be his team and he wants to be the guy that's going to design it the way he wants to see it. And, and so there'll be nothing other than didn't say that this is my team. I put these guys together. And, you know, I'm the smartest guy in the room. So, there you go. It's like he's trying to put a college team together, the players that he played with. But and we know, guys, when you become an NFL, you got to be a man, right? It ain't like college. Oh. <laughs> it's not like college. That's why a lot of great collegians don't make it in the National Football League. And it's different than when you college, you know. And, you know, the mind, the mental, and the physical, you know what I mean? It's not the same. So, I mean, everybody's talking about, oh, he's trying to get all his college Oregon players, um, but hey, he, I mean, it worked, you know, when he first got to that system that, you know, no huddle, and, but sooner or later, you know, and we know, look at, I mean, what happened with Tebow, James, everybody caught up with him. Am I right, man? James, here's how I've always explained it. Okay, there, you have those three levels. You have high school, you have high school to college, then you have college to pros. You know, you have real good high school athletes that go on to college. Some of those real good high school athletes aren't able to get any better, and so they get lost in college. Then you have the guys that go to college that get better, and they get a chance to go to the National Football League, but they're still young men. When you go to the National Football League, you're playing against grown-ass men that have been doing that for years and years. They know how to prepare themselves, and they know how to compete, and you're playing against the best football players in the world. And a lot of times when you make that transition from college to the pros, where in high school and college, you were the big dog, you were the main guy, uh, you were at the top of your class, 
Now, all of a sudden, you get slapped in the face where you're just a guy. And that's disheartening for a lot of guys. Or they're not used to having to compete the way you have to compete in the National Football League. And they fall to the wayside. They, they, they kind of vanish. And you can look at all the great college players that have come out and gotten drafted and didn't last two years. And you say, wow, what happened? What happened? And I tell people all the time, that is it's such a tough environment. It, it is so difficult for guys to make that transition from college to the National Football League because, once again, it's bigger, faster, stronger guys. And a lot of guys aren't able to make that last adjustment to the bigger, faster, stronger guys that are bound in the National Football League. Let me ask you this, Ness. I'm glad you said that because that brings me, I mean, you know, we know Pete Carroll, the coach at, at Seattle, but he came from yeah. USC. I mean, mm-hmm. I know a lot of players from USC. You know, USC, you know, I talked to a friend of mine, his son got recruited by UCLA, USC, but why can't players that's a big college, um, um, whatever, college thing there, and great win can't make it to the NFL. I mean, only person still in there is Reggie Bush. You had um, the, the quarterback that went to Chicago. Oh, I can't think of his name. Off. You have the receiver that was there. Mike Williams. You have. Why can't USC players make it and they kill it in college in this big name? Why is that, Ness? Well, I mean, I think if you if you look if you look at a lot of the colleges. Uh, I'll give you an example. I was doing work with University of Alabama, and they were always talking about that, you know, University of Alabama could beat the lower-tier NFL teams. And, you know, I had an open discussion with with a group and stuff, and I said, you know, I I beg your pardon. I said, that's, that's, that's not true. And I said, here's why. I said, from like 2008 to 2012, we were talking about those years. I said, when you look at the success that the University of Alabama has had. You look at how many players off those great teams were even afforded an opportunity to play in the National Football League and how many are still in the National Football League and how many have been a dominant player in the National Football League. I said, everybody in the NFL, I said, look at it this way. It would be like Alabama playing against a college all-star team. I mean, you know, with, with the best of the best of the best, and that, and that all-star team would be made up of Alabama's best players. So Alabama would not be able to have their best players. Their best players would be on that all-star team, and that's who they would face. I said, and that, all-tar, that all-star team would dominate Alabama, just like the lowest-level NFL team would dominate Alabama. I said, it's a different level of play. And because a guy has success in college doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be able to have that same success in the National Football League because everybody's All-American. Everybody's a great player. Everybody at some point in time, uh, has, they, they've been that key guy, and they, and they know what it takes. And the guys that stay around a long time, their, their mindset is like, you know, I'm going to be here until, you know, somebody proves to me that I can't be here. And it's one of those deals where it's survival of the fittest. And even the great players in Alabama, as talented, as physically talented as they are, it's that it's really extremely difficult to leave a mark. And so, 
you know, the room got a little quiet, but, but I think it finally made sense to them the way I explained it because it, it's just, you know, I was kind of like, no, that's not true. I mean, you know, you, you can throw it out there, but when you really break it down and analyze it and look at the facts, you know, because I asked them, I said, how many of Alabama's greatest players have lasted more than five years? And that was my point. Well, man, this is what we got to do. We'll take a break. We'll come back. I'm going to throw some players' name out there. And, and you tell me how many years you think they're going to make it, you know, your opinion. But this is James Love, my guest, Nancy Glasgow. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I'm a guest from an NFL player. Uh, Seattle Seahawks won it. Uh, should have won the Super Bowl, but didn't. But, Nazareth, you at Nash? I'm here. That's what I'm talking about. You know, I love talking with you because you always tell me different things. That, I mean, this makes me think, you know, everything that goes on and, you know, stuff that people don't see that they need to, you know. I mean, it makes you think about the NFL and people in general, you know. Um, I myself want to throw a lot of player names out there. What you think? You know, uh, I just want before I throw some names out there. You think they how far they going in the NFL? But you know, I was pretty surprised with that uh, move that the Bears made with trade Brandon Marshall. Were you surprised about that, or do you think that was a good trade? No, I was surprised. I, uh, you know, it, maybe there's something in. in internally going on, uh, I was just kind of surprised because, okay, you get rid of the head coach. And I guess you're saying that Marshall was a problem too because now you're getting rid of him. So 
I don't know. I mean, I, I think he still uh, uh, has some tread on his wheels, and, you know, he can still make some plays, so I don't know. Don't you think we really got rid of Cutler before him? Uh, probably. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm that, that's a move that, you know, you, you say to yourself that, uh, you know, you, you look at the guy and you say, well, you know, if he's really falling off, fine. You know, or is, is he, you know, I mean, I'll put it like this. I mean, if the Cowboys can keep Des Bryant, then I don't know why Chicago did what they did. And, and what I mean by that, you know, to me, Dez is, is toxic. He's, he's a great football player, but he needs to be playing an individual sport. Because even if the Cowboys were to win and he didn't get the ball enough, he would be crying and bitching about it. And football, to me, once again, is the greatest team sport in the world. And if you're not ready to be a spoke on that wheel, as opposed to being the whole wheel, then you shouldn't be playing football. You should be playing tennis, you know, playing golf, you know, uh, racing in NASCAR. I mean, you know, do something individually. Don't, don't do something that's considered, in my estimation, or in my belief system, uh, the greatest team sport in the world. Because, once again, baseball, you got a good pitcher, you got a good hitter, you're in the game. Basketball, point guard, center, you're in the game. Football, you can have a badass quarterback, can't catch a cold, doesn't mean anything. You can have a great running back and a mediocre offensive line. You got issues if that's the case, too. So everybody needs to be working together. And so I never thought that he was that guy that it was always just about me. At least he never came off that way. So, And I'm kind of like when you have a veteran like that that has some miles and that can still play, you should do – what you can to keep them. That's just my humble opinion. Yeah, but you know, teams haven't been doing that to the veteran guys like that. They haven't been keeping them. They've been getting rid of them. And, you know, I mean, because, I mean, like you say, Dallas, why would you do that? I think that guy had, hey, the yards he had for the year, you know, and what he did, you know, we keep him about another year. And for the Eagles, Sean LaCourt, what he did, you know what I'm saying? It's like, just like, I don't know, is it loyalty, I want to say, or just like they just said, hey, we can get somebody cheaper and can do average work because if we have a great quarterback. Do you think that? Uh, well, you know, I think if you have a great quarterback, if you, if you don't have those other pieces, it doesn't matter. I mean, really, it just doesn't. You, you, you need to have somebody that can consistently get open to catch the ball. You know, you, you need to have somebody that can protect that quarterback so he's not getting, you know, the crap beat out of him. So you, you can't just put it all into that one position. You know, I'll give you an example. When Frenzy first started, Tom Brady refused to take a pay raise. You hear me? He refused to take a pay raise because he said, quote-unquote, I don't want to have to lose some of my teammates. Now, I know of no other quarterback that ever made a statement like that. 
I mean, he's getting paid now, but when it first started happening, he's like, nah, I don't need you to pay me that much because I don't want to lose some of my teammates. So he, he understands this whole idea about team and being there for each other and, you know, you can count on me and I can count on you, and it ain't about me. I was going to say, you know, look at New England. I mean, you got Tom Brady. All you have is um, Bronk, the tight end. I mean, they have an average running back. They don't have a great running back like everybody, and they win. You know? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, that they they have a great system in place. Uh, they they don't have the speedy receivers, but when, when I look at that team, to me they have I, who I consider the best tight end in the game. Uh, their receivers do a real good job of separating. And what I can say about that, they are the type of type of receivers that they move the chains. They get down the field, they separate, catch the ball, and guess what? It's first now, and that's their job to keep those chains moving. They're not trying to stretch the defense. They're not trying to do anything other than come out of their breaks and catch the ball. And they've done a great job of that. And they have a guy that can put the ball where he needs to put it when they make their breaks. So they they have a good game plan in in place. You know, it, it's kind of like. Uh, Years ago, there, there was a, uh, a documentary on Don Shula and Bud Grant. And the thing that resonated with me was Don Shula always talked about. He made sure that he ran the plays that helped his players. And, and what I mean by that is that he said every year at the end of the year, our scouts and our coaches got together and we broke down all our players position by position, strengths and weaknesses. And then he said, you know, going to the next year with our draft choices and stuff, you know, we added those guys in. And even though I had a thick playbook, I ran the plays that gave my players the best opportunity to be successful. So it wasn't about me, you know, having this thick playbook. It was about me giving my guys a chance based on their strongest physical attributes. And so to me, if, if more coaches did that, they, they'd be more successful because when you start running plays and the plays that the guys do well as opposed to all these different schemes and everything else and it's about, you know, your, your, your game plan and your scheme and that's why you guys are successful, then you really are trying to make it about you instead of trying to make it about your football players. You know, Don Shuley could care less about him himself. He wanted to make sure that he gave his guys the greatest opportunity to win that game and that was always calling the plays that accentuated their strengths. Not their weaknesses, but their strengths. And he was big on that. And I think if more coaches would follow that format, it'd be a whole different game. Because as you know, our playbooks are super thick, and they expect us to know it. But there are so many plays in that playbook that have never been run. Never. Yeah. (laughs) I don't get it. That playbook was so thick. I thought, how the hell are you going to learn all that, you know? Exactly, exactly. But let me ask you this. Was that about the, the players or the coaches that played in Seattle, man? Because the damn sure wasn't about the players. Am I right? So it was about that coach, oh, no. right? Oh, you no, know, yeah, you're absolutely correct. I mean, because if you look at I agree at with you 100%. So if you look at it, you were ran the ball. So the coach put the. Am I right, man? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, 
you know, it just it just goes back to, you know, old school football. I mean, you know, when I first came in the league, you know, all teams did was flip they run they flip the play over and run the same play. If they were having success running this play against you, then they ran that play till you stopped it. They didn't care about that you knew it was coming. If you couldn't stop it, they ran it. Yeah. I, I remember like, I said, hey, you know, my coach. They couldn't stop Marshawn. They should have kept running yeah. I remember that coach. I'm like, why you keep running that play, coach? Man, we gotta keep running this play until they stop it. You're right, man. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it was like we're gonna keep it simple until they <laughs> prove to us they can stop it. This is the play we're running. Uh, I, I I definitely know. I'm like so mad at the coach. Like we run the same play, but hey, this play working. They learn how. They don't have to stop it. We'll keep running it. Yeah. It's not rocket science. <laughs> no, it ain't. I mean, it really ain't. Man. But, hey, it's all about, you know, the, the uh, everybody get caught up in that glory. What I can do to make it more exciting, you know? It was already yeah. a exciting mm-hmm. game. You know, but I'm going to leave your team alone, man. I'm going to leave your team alone. Okay, leave, leave them alone because, you know, I, I still love my Seahawks. I still believe in them. And I, and I think, uh, you know, uh, you know, Pete Carroll, the great coach, I, I think, uh, you know, the one good thing I will say is that when when things don't go their way, uh, they let it run off their back, you know, like water running off the back of a duck. You know, they're not going to be sitting around uh, even though right now they still are, but, you know, once this new season starts up, they're going to be focused on this new season. And they're going to be resilient. And for them to get back there again would be phenomenal. But if there's one team that can, it's the Seattle Seahawks. I'm on the record saying that. So. Okay. I got you. That's what we do, man. We'll take another break. We'll come back. We'll get to the players. And I don't want to ask you about doing it to all these players of retirement and think what you think about all these young guys that's trying to retire from the NFL. Why? I mean, just they don't want the money or the injuries or what? But we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and my guest, Ness. I heard it. I heard it. Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. Well, then I want to get into a couple. I mean, I have a couple of players, but uh, uh, one player that, I mean, you know, he was big time in college, you know, one of the highest men, just with everything. Everybody was looking for him to come in the NFL and rock the NFL. And like we talked about, I mean, the NFL is a different breed. You know, people don't understand that, but you get there. And um, what do you think that happened to um, Johnny Manziel when he, when, when he do get that chance? Well, I think that, you know, he's kind of been at odds with himself. Uh, I mean, you can call him the prodigal son. I mean, he had those uh, hiccups, I guess you can say, in college where he's one of those guys that made it more about him than his team, that it's about me and not we. And I think he is still taking that mentality to the National Football League, and it's, it's not going well for him because, you know, yeah, and because in, in college at one point, it was about him. It wasn't about them, and it wasn't about the team. It was Johnny Manziel and Texas A&M. And I guess he thought it was going to be, you know, Johnny Manziel and the Cleveland Browns. And that's not the case. And so, you know, his bubble's been burst. And I, I hope uh, there's someone near and dear to him that can really have that conversation that can get him turned around because he's a phenomenal football player. He's an outstanding football player. But if things don't go right, he can be a cancer. And that's that's where he is right now. Uh, and he needs to have someone that's able to come into his life and help him to get on the right path because he can't do it by himself. That's, that's, to me at least, I don't believe he can do it by himself. So someone near and dear to him hopefully needs to be able to step in and help guide him back to the path he needs to be on because he can be a difference maker when he's focused and playing. But, you know, every offseason there's another issue. There's another hiccup. I mean, he's doing something dumb. So, and you can't have a quarterback being dumb like that. I don't care how talented he is. You know, everybody kept telling me, oh, he's 21, 20. You know, you know what you did that age, but you can't keep you that excuse. Am I right, Ness? I mean, you know, you know what? It, it's, and, and, and that's part of it. You know, people want to give him a pass because of his age. And, you know, and you shouldn't, because by giving him a pass, he thinks that he can do this all the time. And so it should be just the opposite. You know, when you look at someone and you see 
the ability that they have, that they have, then you're more responsible then to keep them on the right path as opposed to always just, oh, that's just Johnny, you know, he's young and dumb. You know, he'll grow out of it. But no, he can't afford to be young and dumb. So that's first and foremost. Because of who he is, he cannot afford to be young and dumb. And that's something that needs to be drilled down through him that evidently never did. Do you see him succeeding? I mean, being one of those great players in the NFL, starting and taking the time. Uh, you know, as, as crazy as it sounds, I could still see him turning it around. But if he continues on the path that he's presently on, then the answer to that is, is definitely no. But, you know, he needs to turn it around soon if he is to prevail and, and, and be that player in the National Football League. Because if not, then he's going to bounce around a couple more times and be out of the league. Man, I got to ask you, I got a lot of Chicago listeners, and, you know, um, what do you think of Cutler? I mean, everybody had different on Chicago, and, I mean, I mean, it's just, in my opinion, I don't think it's his time to go. He's not a starting quarterback anymore. Just his emotion to the game, and just like he don't care. What do you think? Uh, I'm... I'm 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 not a big Cutler fan because uh, I think it's kind of feast of famine. Uh, you know, he has those days where you know he's that guy where you look at you know he's a gunslinger, he's making the throws, and then there are other days that uh, he's not ready to play at that same level uh, for whatever reason. Uh, you know, he just has not been able to find his groove, so to speak, in Chicago. He's just been. You know, inconsistent. I don't know if it's because the offensive line's not able to protect them. You know, uh, sometimes it looks like, you know, he's hurrying his throws. And then, you know, you'll watch a game where he is, uh, you know, throwing strikes. He's putting the ball where it needs to be, you know, but he is just so inconsistent. So you can't have a franchise quarterback be as inconsistent as, as Cutler and then, you know, pay him and, and do all the things you do for him when his play is not commensurate in in terms of, you know, what you're paying him. So, but that's, you know, Chicago Bears, you know, you, you that's, that's the guy they're in bed with, and that's the guy they're counting on to lead their franchise to the next level. But I, I think there are other choices out there they can make to upgrade their team at that position at least. I'm glad you said that because they need to know that in Chicago, you know, everybody keep thinking Cutler the same year. It is many years, and plus Brandon Marshall gone. It's gonna be a different year, you know. Yeah, very different year. Um, just going to San Francisco. I like to talk about I me. Mean, Captain off had that great year, and everybody thought he was a savior. They got rid of um, Mr. Smith. Uh, Alex Smith there, uh, Alex he's going to be the one. And he, I mean, that's quite about having a rough year. Now, all their players are going to uh, Gore went to Indianapolis. Uh, Pat Williams, the best linebacker retired. What is going on with San Francisco? And can Kapanoff make that run? Uh, you, you know, uh, I just think that uh, I think it starts and ends with uh, the ownership. I mean, you know, they, they've made all – they've had a role in a lot of those those moves and stuff. So, uh, you know, uh, the, the coach is no longer there. So it's, it's one of those things where, as an organization, 
you know, either you stand back and you let your head coach and the football operations side of the business run things, or you take a little more say in things and control. And, you know, I, I think in, in, in any case, I, I, I would suspect that there's been more uh, control from the ownership than did it need to be. So it's going to be interesting to see what finally takes place in San Francisco. Uh, they, uh, you know, when you look at that team and you say to yourself that, you know, conceivably the last three or four years, they, they would have been considered probably the second best team in the National Football League. You know, at least the NFC. So it's kind of like, now you look at them and they're imploding. But mm. I, I think that implosion is self-inflicted. I mean, they're, they're the ones making the moves. And those moves don't add up to making your team better. They add up to making your team worse. So when you look at the overall uh, changes that they have made, uh, most of us aren't about to say that they are now better because of those changes that they made. They are by far worse. I mean, was that, I mean, you let the coach go. I mean, was that personal or was that just, I mean, just, I mean, was that business? Oh, no, no, that, that's always personal. I mean, it's, when, when you look at that, you know, he, he may have been a little screwy the way he was coaching and then his, you know, his personality and everything else. But in the day, uh, over that over that time, there probably wasn't a coach in the National Football League that had a better record. So it's just, uh, you know, you say yourself that whatever he's doing, he's keeping us in the game. He's keeping us in that conversation of we are one of the top teams in the National Football League. You have to be concerned about us. We have as good a chance as any team in making to the dance and going to the Super Bowl. And so when those conversations are taking place about that team or about your team like that, then you should be trying to fortify the guys you have in place directing that team. Yeah, I mean, um, I just don't understand why owners get into it with the coaches and they make a person that get rid of him. He's the best to win for me. You deal with it, right? And you let them hey, keep winning for me, whatever have happened. But they get where they want to get rid of him. I mean, look how... Um, was it Jimmy Johnson left Dallas? I mean, the only got into it, that, you know. <laughs> are, are these owners just that big-headed or the, 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 the people own them? Uh, just, I mean, winning is more important, right? Well, well, no, no, no. See, that, that's my point is that it's their ego. So it's, it's not about winning. It's about winning and you're winning because of me. So it's not good enough to own the team and be in the background to come there and accept the Super Bowl trophy. It's about me having a say in what goes on to help us win that championship. And so when you have ownership crossing the line like that, it's never a good thing. We've got to take our last break. We'll take our last break. Come back. We're going to ask you, uh, watch this, this draft get going, you know, and what team needed and players and uh, who you see um, going to be the team of the year. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host for Loving That Sports Talk, and my guest, Brother Nancy. Man, we almost we almost did it. Almost over, right? It's almost over, brother James. We're almost there. Yeah. Well, then I'd like to get your opinion on. Um, I mean, we got the draft coming up. I'll be in Chicago this year. Yes, it will. And uh, I mean, we got the players that um, Jameson Winston coming out of Florida. We got the other quarterback coming out of Oregon. I mean, uh, these teams all looking for that, but. Which team that, I mean, when they, if they get some great draft pick, that you can see that there'll be a fourth because already you know Seattle's going to you know, at least get to the playoff. They should, you know, over there. And, but, but what do you see, I mean, another team that you can see that's coming up, that will come up? Uh, you know, I would say the uh, Carolina Panthers. I, I just well, think that... Uh, they're they're a couple of pieces away. Uh, I mean that that would that would be my team. That you know, right now I would say that if if they can, uh, improve offensive line, and uh, you know, uh, maybe find a dominant receiver. Uh, yeah. They, they would be the team. Uh, I think at times their defense has been as good as anybody's. And when you have a defense like that, they will always keep you in the game. Uh, you know, they have one of the, the, the best young quarterbacks in the game in Cam. So uh, I, 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 I like them as my wild card, so to speak, as the team to beat next year if they're able to uh just, just kind of get a, another player here or there because they, I, I was always impressed with they played from the beginning of the game to the end. 
You know, man, I jumped too far ahead. I forgot to ask you about, you know, all these players that retired. Um, Patrick Willis and the other young guy. Uh, I mean, where do you see that from? You know, everybody just said, Tired of the NFL or they made enough money or the game ain't fun anymore? Uh, you know, partly is that, you know, when you look at a retirement package and, and everything else, or, you know, even even the money, you know, that that rookies are making, you know, they 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 make enough to, you know, what's the minimum, four hundred thousand dollars a year now? You know, my yeah. signing bonus and everything was thirty six thousand back in nineteen seventy nine. So uh I, I think guys are, with the way even college is set up, I mean, you know, most guys that come to the NFL, they have a degree. Are, are they Colleges are doing a much better job of having degree completion programs. And so they can just use as those, those two or three years, you know, as seed money for their future and go on to the life's work. Um, you know, with the, there's so much information out there when it comes to concussions and everything. To be honest with you, it, it's scaring some guys. They, they wouldn't be quitting if it, if it wasn't scaring them. You know, they want to be able to have a family, have kids, be able to talk to their kids. You know, they, I'm, I'm sure some of them are thinking, hey, you know, I'll become a spongehead if I stay in the National Football League. Uh, and, and plus, too, that guys today, they, they, they weren't, they weren't, we're not grooved the way we were. You know, our whole deal is if the bone's not sticking out, I can still play. You know, mm-hmm. whereas today, you know, these, these guys, they, they're just different. I mean, they, there's so much information that says that you shouldn't be doing this. They shouldn't be doing this to you. And so, whereas when we were coming up, you know, coaches could do anything to you. They could talk to you any kind of way they want to. They could tell you anything. You know, they send you back in the game with a concussion. You know, that doesn't happen anymore. And... Because of that, you know, players are more cognizant of of what's really going on around them, and they're really making those decisions. You know, this is my future I'm talking about, and they've made a decision that it's not worth my future. Yeah, come on. If I'm making $11 million a year, I'm going to give that up. And you know it's only, what, how many months out of a year? Only, only well, you know, is James, okay, if you make $11 million a year, James, I, hold on, James. You make eleven million dollars a year, and you play that one year, and you say to yourself, you know, do I really want to go out here and take a chance in my life, or just you know live life to the fullest? And some of those guys, it's not a decision we would make, James. First and foremost, and we're not hardwired that way. We're not thinking we're going. We're the guy that's become that's going to become a spongehead, you know, and. And I'm only surmising anyway when I say what the guy is thinking and, and why he's come to that decision, you know, because I'm not in his head. But from afar, it looks like they're just making economic decisions and, and lifestyle decisions in terms of I want to heal, I want to live a healthy lifestyle. I have enough to live on. I have enough for a great head start on life. So I'm going to cash in my chips and move on to my next step in life. Let me say this and ask. I want to contradict you because you know how it was when we played. Um, that two weeks of trench out was brutal. And now, oh, it was. you know, but now it's like, okay, trench out, but you know, now they only really hit during the week in practice or anything because, so it's more easy than when we play, right, man? James, it's a country club now. There's no question that, yeah. you know, uh, 
at, at, at a Seahawks practice, you know, uh, is nowhere near as physical, you know, as it used to be with us. You know, we'd have goal line live on Friday, you know, where so it's kind of yeah. like, you know, we, we, we hit all the time. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we figured hitting in practice, you know, got your body ready for the game, you know, so that's what we did. But that's how we were grooved. You know, and, and we thought that that would toughen us up and, and you know, yada, 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 yada. But even sometimes in practice, you get a concussion. So it's just, uh, uh, it, it's just interesting today, but we have to understand that today is not like it was yesterday. The decisions we made were based on how we were raised and how we were grooved and what our beliefs and expectations were. Decisions that these guys are making today are based on their values today, are based on their belief system today. They they weren't raised the way we were. They weren't conditioned the way we were. And so those guys, they weren't even coached the way we were because coaches can't really coach backwards anymore. When you when you talk to young kids today, you know, you, you can't tell them, you know, you can't call them the, the P word or you can't say, you know, you're a little sissy, you know, you, you know, and you, you can't be real demeaning towards them because mm-hmm. they will shut down on you because kids today, young men today, they, they're used to being told how good they are, you know? And, and so when you start trying to coach a kid backwards and telling them what you can't do and, you know, you piece of blah, 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 you know, I don't know why we got you. That kid will shut down. Yeah. You will lose that kid. But if you affirm him and say, look, I brought you here because I know you can do this, even if your tone is not a good tone, you are still affirming him because you're saying to him, I believe in you. I know you can do this. And so you got a different breed of guys that, that, are, that are out there playing now. And, you know, in, in this age of information that we weren't privy to, they're privy to now. So they are, they are just making really actual educated value judgments on their careers based on the facts. Well, man, we got to go, but, um, man, I really right. appreciate you being on. But, man, you got to come on off to, to the shine town and come on off with you, buddy. James, James, I promise you I will make it out to shy town this year. All right. On record, make that I'll make it out to shy town this year. We're looking forward to you, and I appreciate you again, you know, letting you take your time out. Um, give your opinion on the show. All right, thank you. Thanks again. All right. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.